Can you hear me? All right. I am excited about this series. Huh? <laughs> I, feel, I figured I have to be in teaching mode for this series. So I ain't going to do a whole bunch of hollering. I'm going to try not to anyway. All right? Because I want to get this through to our skull. Say kingdom connections. Say God, open up kingdom connections. How many of you all in this room desire to be married? Say God, open up an opportunity for a kingdom spouse. I don't need him from the kingdom of darkness. I need him from the kingdom of light. Amen. <laughs> Say, God, how many of you plan to open up your own business? Say, God, open up kingdom business opportunities and connections in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of us need loyal friends? You don't need a whole lot of them. You just need a few. Amen. Say, God, open up the opportunity to connect with genuine people <laughs> and friendship. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're starting a series all throughout the month of August. I'm excited about this because I believe that this is in a crucial time of our church as we go into two years. Um, in September, this place is about to get crazy. We, 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 we said in the very, we said before the end of the year, God spoke to me every seat. We plan to keep every chair out because every seat will be filled by the end of this year. And God has brought new people along. And guess what? You're joining the journey because we didn't come to conform. We came to transform. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been impressed upon my heart by God to really talk about friendships to talk about how we're doing relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the kingdom of God, the people of the kingdom, kingdom citizens, we should be the goals that people follow. You know, we go on Instagram and we make so many people goals that are not even of the kingdom. Oh, I want that relationship goal. Oh, I wish I had body goals like this. Oh, I wish I had... <laughs> So we make all of these goals, we make people goals and stuff like that. And why not the world be the ones looking at us? Because we're always supposed to be on the cutting edge and always supposed to look stand apart. But if our marriages are ending in divorce quicker than somebody who is not saved and don't have a kingdom relationship with God, how does that make us look? That makes it seem like God can't keep us together. But is God the really the real one who directed the relationship in the first place? I'm just being honest. A lot of times God gave you red flags and all of the, you know, he saw, he, he said it to you so many times, but yet you kept going. And guess what? You will go in a path of destruction if you do not follow the leading of God's word. Some things you shouldn't cry over. Some things you should thank God that it's over. Because God spared you. I'm talking not just relation, uh, romantic, I'm talking about friendships too. Because guess what? You take a person along with you into success, 
then you'll start having people trying with that greedy mindset will try to cut and try to steal. They will try to take from you. They will try to do everything in their power to undermine. Why is that? Because because of the fall of man, that's how greed, malice, anger, all of this entered into the world. And that's why our relationships are broken. Uh, the funny fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, is that I want to teach us in the month of August to learn how to cut, establish, and maintain kingdom relationships the way God intended us to as kingdom citizens. Say with me, the right relationships will push me into purpose and not take me away from my God-given assignment. All right, go with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, then we're going to move over to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to connect it all together. I think God is going to do something big for us today. All right, here it goes. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden and t uh, to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18. Uh, and the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. Say, it's not good, it's not good. for me to be alone. alone. Now, let me, put a, let me put a caveat. That don't mean that you need to be around people 24-7. You need to learn how to love yourself and right. to enjoy me time. That's right. That's right. All right? Because right. some people, they just get in stuff because they don't want to be alone. Right. You need to be careful. I will make him a helper. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You should praise God on that. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Say, God, God. Has, a has a comparable person, person. just for me. You better believe it like you know it. That's how I know you ain't right. You ain't got no expectation from God tonight. Oh my God. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Jesus. Here it is. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Uh, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. I'm, I, I'm going to do something for you tonight, help you understand a few things. Uh, let's First things first, let's understand this, that we are relational beings. We are relational beings. And the reason why we are relational beings is because we have been made in the image of God. Matter of fact, help, let me help you understand this. God was not alone in heaven. He did not make angels in heaven so that he won't be alone. God already existed beforehand, not just by himself. The son and the spirit was with him. He was in community from the very beginning. <laughs> so God did not create the world because, oh, I'm alone. I'm bored. <laughs> Let's get that out of there right now. 
He didn't, he didn't wake up one day and say, oh, gosh, guys, I'm so bored. I want to make some new friends. Let's go make, a, let's make some angels to worship us. He didn't do that. He didn't, make, he didn't make earth and took seven days, to, I mean, six days to do it, rested on the seventh day because he said, ooh, I'm bored. I need something to do. Let me put my greatness on the, on the scene and make this nice creation that I've done. He didn't do that. All right? Actually, he had a purpose for it all. So God is in, uh, if we're made in the likeness of God. And see, here's the deal. This is what I don't understand. And this is what puts all of this whole creation versus uh, uh, this creation versus uh, evolution idea to, to bay. Because we were not created like the animals. The animals do not have a capacity in them like we do. Hmm. Matter of fact, they don't have that. Maybe some of us, they, we may look similar and they may be similar in the chromosomes and all of that stuff like that and yada, 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 and whatever they want to make up is all figment of imagination, but they say what we say is a figment of imagination. However, I think I tend to believe this whole creation theory. The honest truth is, is that God created us in his own image and his very likeness. Matter of fact, we stand out from all of creation because God is actually, God is the only one, God is out of all of creation, God put his hand on us. <laughs> he fashioned you in such a way of how he is in heaven. He gave you a mind, a body, and a soul. Oh, my God, he is God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Spirit, making us in three components to represent who he is. Oh, my God. And so we are relational because he is relational. And God created us different from the animals because he created us with an ability to connect with him. Oh, my God. So the reality of the situation is that you have to understand is that you have been created for a for relationship. You've been created for relationship. You have to understand that you and I have been created for relationship. Matter of fact, you have to understand that we were made in his image while they, listen, so, so what personifies God is first uh, John chapter 4 verse 8 when it says, he who does not love does not know God for God is love. In order for God to be love, he had to exist in community. In order for God to be loved, he had to exist in community to know how this thing, love, works. Oh, my God, help me in this room tonight. You have to listen to me. He, they, 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 they put them together. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, they have this, 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 this radical love for one another. See, it's this thing that we like to call agape. They have this they have this type of love that they that they are perfected with because they know how to freely give and to freely receive. God, I praise you tonight. The fact of the matter is, okay, all right, okay. You want you want some proof? Here, here we go. All right. You ready? For John chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. 
The Bible says, Jesus said this actually, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So while Jesus is still, Jesus is man and also God, he understands his place in the Trinity as the son and the son obeys his father. And so with the son, while he is God, obeys his father. That is love. Hear me tonight. You want to know what really genuinely love is? It's obedience. You want to know where your love is? Your love is, is, is equivalent to how much obedience you have for him. <laughs> if you want to put a measurement on your love for God, how much do you actually obey his word? How much do you submit yourself to the truth of who your father is? Or do you try to overexert who you are over him? Oh, my God. So you were made in the image and the likeness of God. They all shared. Why did Jesus, Jesus, he did not have to come here. But out of obedience to the Father, he came. Because he was in perfect communion and unity with the Father. That's what this is. They were relational. And the Father, when his son obeyed, when his son obeyed him, when they were down and John the Baptist baptized Jesus, the heavens opened and said, this is my son, who I'm well pleased. You see the love that the father has for the son. And the spirit has the same love because the spirit is in obedience and aligned with the son. Because the spirit doesn't speak on his own behalf. Oh, my God. Are you following me tonight? So the very fact of the matter is you are relational because God is relational. And God wants us to do relationships well. I think all of us can do relationships better than it. Right? All of us can. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Here in our text, we see here in Genesis chapter 1, God made us in his likeness and image. So we, we're laying the framework right now. I'm just laying all this framework. I have a lot to share. So God made us in his own image, in his likeness. So understand that he's relational, and so are we inherently because we were made in his image. So being made in his image, we are relational. So therefore, watch this. When we see here in Genesis, go back to Genesis 2 for me. So in Genesis chapter 2, this is the continuation of the creation account. I don't say story because story has a, mm, this connotation that mm, it can be a figment, you know, it's not real. I like to use accounts. Creation account is a real thing because you're here. You see it. So in the creation account, We begin to see God rested on the seventh day. He sanctified it, called it holy, rested. He did nothing. As as you continue to see later on in the scripture is that he planted this garden called Eden. He planted the garden, noticed, hey, there's no one to tend to it. So guess what? At that point, there had not been no rain on the earth. And so how, 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 how the seeds and stuff like that was getting taken care of is that the moisture was coming from the ground. 
<laughs> this is Bible, it's there. So what begins to happen is, is that he created his garden, and, but he places man in the garden. And he gives man an assignment and a command. The assignment is to tend to the garden. And the command is you can have everything in the garden, just don't eat of the tree. The day you surely eat of the tree, you will die. Right? So everything in the, in the creation account God said was good. Everything. When he put the lights, that's good. Separated, made separate, separated, the, uh, uh, separated the seeds, and he said, oh, that's good. You know, had the sun, moon, oh, that's good. That's good. That's really good. I mean, God was showing off, complimenting himself. Man, I'm good. <laughs> but we come here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The first time God says that something is not good. God looks at everything he created, and while everything is cool, he notices there is a problem. Because later on in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, he gave Adam a job to name all of the animals. Remember, he was made in the likeness of, we were made in the likeness of God. Adam had all authority here on the earth, and so God was teaching him that whatever you say, that's what's going to be. So he was teaching him how to operate in his authority here on the earth. Because, because that's the type of authority that we had before the fall. So listen, but earlier in Genesis chapter 1, God gave a command to man even before he created man that he was giving man dominion and power and he wanted them to subdue the earth. Multiply, as he would say. And he realizes, wait a minute, this is not good because in order for them to fulfill that command, they need another person. But they don't need just any old, it, it, it's not that you create another man, let me create a woman. Therefore, them being able to produce, God, I praise you tonight. So what happened is, is that after Adam, if you look in the text in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, Adam named all of the animals, and, but he recognized and realized that there was no one like him. So he realized that, okay, I see all of these animals, and I done named you a zebra, I done named you a lion, but I don't see anybody in my same likeness or someone who's similar to me here. Because guess what? God gave Adam, the man, the assignment to work and tend to the garden. Listen to me. That is a full responsibility to carry alone. Come on, come on. Watch this. You cannot fulfill your God-given purpose without people. <laughs> it's too much for you to carry on your own for you to do it by yourself. God looked at it and saw, ooh, this is not good. Let me help him out. Because I'm not going to just create any old body. I'm going to create an opportunity of someone who's comparable to him. I'm going to create somebody that is suitable That's it. That's it. to help him out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my 
God, let me, let me, let me, can I, can I, can I, can I come for y'all for a second? Can I, can I, can I, can I do that real quick, real quickly here? Listen, so here, here it is. So when, look, 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 the reason why God created Adam, because it was not good for him to be alone. Relationships are part of humanity's basic design. Hear me. He created someone who was suitable, comparable. God, the Bible never diminishes the woman. Hear me. The Bible never diminishes the woman. Many feminists will make the claim, the Bible suppresses the woman. That's not true. Because if you look at the very thing, he said, I'm going to create, can I, can I show you what the Hebrew said? A helpmate. Somebody who is, who, who oh my God, with the, with the sense of corresponding precisely to him. So God did not make the woman lower than the man. God made woman on the same level as the man. Here you go. If you are going to get yourself in a romantic romantic relationship or in a friendship or business, they got to be on the same level you on. For you to be here and they're there, it ain't going to work. Unless one person's willing to do the work. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen. They were in the garden because they had to do work. When you get in a relationship, it takes work. People want fairy tales without work. You want a perfect marriage? It ain't going to exist. But if you work on your marriage, and if you work in your relationship, it can be successful. You want to know why divorce happens? Because people got tired of working. Uh, we fell out of love. Lies. You, f- you stop. Excuse me. You stop working. That's what happened. You, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Because you stopped working. Somebody made it up in themselves. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too tough. Let me get out of it. And so what people sometimes do, they'll do anything to try to get out of it and make your life a living hell. And then when they get out of the situation, then they see you with somebody else. Then they get mad within themselves because of their stupid decisions. Because your dumb tail didn't want to do the work. And then other, t- other part of that, too, is that you weren't on my level in the first place. You weren't suitable. You weren't suitable no way. Hear me tonight. You got to be suitable in this thing. He said, the woman, I'm going to create you a helpmate, somebody who is comparable, compatible to you. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do to resolve this situation. Here it says, here here it is, the sense of uh, one who supplied the strengths that Adam lacked. So if I'm going to connect with anybody... I am not strong in everything. But the reason when I walk with somebody else, they they should compliment what I don't have. 
Jesus. They should never be someone taken away. They should be someone who adds. And if you don't add, that, don't, that, that means you're not suitable. I'm not just talking about romantically. I'm talking about friendships up in this room, too, because let me tell you something. Some of us are connected to some serious vultures. Some of us are connected to some serious leeches. They want to stay around you because of what you got. They want to stay around you because of where you're going. Because if you just might go to where, if you are, if you are successful like I think you might be, I want to be around your, your, your coattail as long as possible to take, 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 and never give, 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 give. That is not a relationship. A relationship is based upon reciprocity. It's based upon agape love, what you give and what you return in favor. There's a give and take to this thing. He looked at it and said, it was not good. Let me give you somebody to carry the load with you. Let me tell you something. You cannot live this life in isolation. You have to be what you have to be, tie yourself up with people who can carry the load with you. That when you get low, somebody's keeping you up in prayer. But some of us don't got enough prayer partners as friends. Oh, but they come to you when they need prayer. They come to you when they need advice. But when you come to them, they don't got nothing. Then what are you good for? You're not good for nothing. I can't come to you for prayer. I can't come to you to vent. I can't come to you, but oh, when it comes down to me, you want me to spend all my time to vent. And, and oh my God, my man left me. Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. It's your fault anyway. It's your fault anyway. You knew you shouldn't have been with him no way. You already knew that. And so when those people try to come to your phone, tell them I only got five, I only got one word for you. It's your fault. Click. That's what it is. You will not waste my time. Because you know what? Because if I can't do that to you, you can, no, 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 no. Then I'm not going to allow myself. That is the people you cut off. Frenemies are not friends. They're enemies that pretend to be friends. They are not people who are going to come in the vineyard and work alongside you. You were made with for relationship. And see, here's the deal. Because we are relational beings, we want to connect with people. We want to find a true, genuine connection with them. Not only just romantically, but to, with, for friends, like people that you can relate to, people you can talk to. And when it seems like they're good people, we like to give ourselves to them. And then we realize, like, man, that ain't it. What am I telling us today? That we have to be mindful. We have to be very mindful. Let me, let me give you somebody who is suitable. Here's the deal. The Hebrew term does not imply that the helper is weaker or less valuable than the one who is, who is helped. In fact, the Hebrew word is Hebrew. It says word of power. The woman is a power matching the man. Brothers! I need you to listen up to me for a second. You need to get over dating these powerless women because your insecurity. You think you can only talk to these women who don't got no power. That's your insecurity. And, don't, and let me tell you something. You don't like to talk. Some brothers do not like to talk to women who got their stuff going for themselves because they don't feel like they need it. 
I don't understand. I don't understand this. Some brothers want the man, want the woman to fully depend on them for everything. You don't want your woman to have a hustle. You don't want your woman to be nothing great. You just want to keep her in the box. You just want to keep her there. When she come out with nice looking clothes, you're going to say, ooh, that don't look good on you because you insecure about how you look. You insecure about how the way you are. Because the reality of it is, is this, is that when you got a powerful woman, man, that girl can push you up and not pull you down. See, when you got a powerful woman, you ain't worried about Delilah walking around in front of you, trying to get you caught up and trying to figure out what's your power like. You don't got time to be dealing with Jezebel. You don't got time to be dealing with Delilah. Get away from Delilah and go to your roof. A woman who's working by the well, waiting for Boaz to show up. God, I praise you tonight. Dealing with these powerless women. Oh, but I'm not done. Women, listen to me. Don't you give time to these powerless little boys. Jesus, talking to you any type of way they want to talk to you. Don't got nothing, don't got a pot to piss in, don't got nothing. You don't got time to deal with them. Listen, I'd rather deal, I, I, let me tell you something, deal with a person who has the potential and actually is putting the plan behind their potential and actually working and trying to come up in the world. But don't deal with a person who don't want to do nothing, don't want to be nothing. They have all of this hot air plans and you ain't seen not one thing come through yet. There's an issue. There's a problem. You do not submit yourself to a little boy. You don't submit yourself to somebody. If you don't see Jesus in him, you don't submit yourself to him. Because it said, Jesus said, the, the scripture said that you, the, 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 the uh, that men, we should love our wives as Christ has loved the church. And let me tell you something, that means you should be, you should be the man that she should want to submit to. Not be like, oh, I don't know. And if you don't know, woman, you need to run. Because on the flip side of that, it says, husbands, submit yourself to your wives and wives, submit yourselves to your husbands because the real reality is both of y'all need to submit if it's just going to work. So you don't need to submit yourself to someone who's less powerful, who's not a help me. There's an issue there. There's a give and take. If you always giving and giving and you never receiving and receiving, there is reciprocity in relationships. Amen. And I'm not trying to go that far in the sexual things and all of that stuff like that, which sex is a good thing in the confines of marriage, which I will talk about in this month. Amen. Oh, I'm going to go there. I ain't scared of <laughs> I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how far I should go right now. Watch this. I'm going to say something, but I hope I got mature ears in the room. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. When it comes down to go, going, going down there, the bedroom is give and take. Amen. Now, y'all take for what, whatever I'm saying. And, and face, value, face value. I'm trying to not be too raunchy, as, they, as the young people say. All right. I'm just saying, that's agape. Yeah. 
Both sides. Yeah, I, I, are y'all catching what I just said? I don't have to be really that direct, right? All right. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am dead. I am so dead serious. Do not submit yourself to people who are not worthy to be submitted to. You're wasting your time. That's not kingdom connections. You're not connecting yourself with the right people. All of us in this room can raise our hands and say we done made a mistake connecting with certain people. All of us in this room, we're not exempt. Good Lord, we're not exempt by no means. And the very fact of the matter for, for myself all the way down, we done made some mistakes. But here's the deal. It's about learning from the mistakes and moving forward, but not staying stuck over what happened yesterday. It's over. It's done with. Let's move on. I don't got time to be dealing. I, listen, I learned. I lived. Now let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be thinking about what happened, what you did. Listen, you are worthy to be, you are worthy for somebody to, somebody to treat you good. You hear me tonight? Doesn't matter what you, what, doesn't matter what you settled for, you are worthy of someone to treat you well. You deserve that. Do you think God doesn't want you to have the best? We have a saying around here, we don't settle for nothing less than God's what? We don't, we don't do that. Whatever God's best is, that's what I want. And if, if she comes in looking what she looking like, then that's my best. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all know I'm talking to two brothers. Amen. Ladies, you see that? Oh, my God. And he worshiping Jesus, not doing the gangster worship when, you know, dudes who ain't trying to worship Jesus like, Y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. All right, let me let me let me let me move so we can get out of here on uh, on time. Let let me show you this. Number one, uh, ne next next thing after, go um, two slides down. Number one, we were made re for relationship with God. That's one. We were made for relationship with God. God made us put a capacity in us to connect with Him. To everyone, God has placed heaven in all of our hearts. That means that he put inside of us an ability to figure out there's more than what's here. While he's put it there, it's up for you to make the decision to seek it out. <laughs> Here's the deal. Everybody talk about everybody saved. No, 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 no. Everybody not saved. God has put a capacity in every man and woman to seek out the truth. But it is up to us to find where he is. He ain't far. <laughs> so God made us for relationship with him. Matter of fact, we see in Genesis chapter 3 that we, we, we can take text, uh, context clues. When, 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 when Adam fell, you see that God walked to him in the cool of the day. So we know that we can take the context clues that Adam and Eve weren't in the spot that he would normally come to them at because they were hiding. 
Because, look, you so caught up in your sin and you hiding from God and God saying, where are you? That's all God's doing with people who are not saved. Where are you? I haven't hid myself from you. Who told you you were naked? Who told you? Who made you believe that you were so dirty, you were so jacked up that you couldn't come to me? Who told you that? Oh, let me, oh, you think it's just for unbelievers or for believers too? When you get caught up in your stuff, you be caught up in yourself, and you, oh, my God. You don't see me. I'm not here. <laughs> God be like, if you don't get your butt from <laughs> Come on, man. Who are you talking to? This is your daddy. Come on, somebody. He's your father. He's Abba. What are you running for? Let me tell you something. Accept the discipline because guess what? It's good that you face the discipline from God because those he loves, he corrects. And if he's not correcting, you ain't his. Sorry. Jesus, he's our father. He's not trying to beat you down or make you feel low or nothing like that. Of course, there's consequences with everything, but God is willing and he's merciful. Oh, my God, we continue to believe these lies from the devil. Oh, you're not good. God won't take you back. You're too dirty. You just did something wrong. Yada, yada, yada. You were just sinning yesterday. You believe all of this stuff. This man has been a liar from the beginning. And sometimes he tells the truth on some things about what you did, but that ain't, that ain't about who you are. That's right. That's right. But you allow them to say, let me clothe myself, let me... We be in our own little thing. Is he out there? <laughs> Is he out there? Maybe the coast is clear. And then what happens is you come to church one Sunday thinking that God ain't going to find you. Sit all the way in the back. <laughs> a woman comes up to you or a man comes up to you and say, you know, God placed you in my heart. And start telling you all about yourself. You're like, why? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the funniest thing I love in the world is when I get, when God uh, puts ministry in me to prophesy to someone. And, oh, uh, my God. You should see their faces when you start to giving them word of knowledge. You should see their faces like, oh, my God. I'm not going to throw her out there. But, you know, she already knows. She always knows that for some odd reason I get to her at certain times. And it's so funny. It's like, you know, you pastors must be connected or you prophets must be connected. Because when you start prophesying over people, they be like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, they be so sick. No, because anytime you get a word spoken over your life, that means God has you on his heart and mind. And he's coming for you because he got to get something through to you. Listen to me. So we were made for relationship with God. Number two, we were made for relationship with one another. All right? Made for relationship with one another. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says it this way. All right? It says, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. 
and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, the honest truth is, is that when you are alone, you put yourself, now there's certain things that, let, let me put it this way, you never face these life challenges alone because God is with you. However, if you keep thinking that you're by yourself, you're never going to see the power of God be manifested because you have to understand I'm never alone in this thing. That's one. But also, number one, listen, so not only do I have God, but also if I'm putting myself around the right people and connecting myself with the right people and kingdom-minded folk, that means two is better than one. So if the enemy come up against me and I say, Dom, I need you to pray for me because I'm going through this issue, then that means it's the two of us going against them. Listen, man, sometimes you go into spiritual warfare alone and there's certain things that you need to face alone, but you need to tell somebody while I'm facing this alone, I need you to pray for me. I need you to have my back in this thing. But if you don't got people that you can do that with, you need to reevaluate your circle because I need to be around people who going to lift me up and push me forward. I don't need nobody coming, girl, come over here and take a drink. You let's just drink our problems away. I don't need that crap. I need someone going to push me and say, get yourself up and begin to put yourself on the altar and pray. I don't need somebody trying to go to my weaknesses. That's what the devil tries to do. Use people to apply to what my flesh wants to do. My flesh wants to quit. My flesh wants to give in. But if you got somebody who's as spiritually minded as you, you say, no, you can't quit here. Get yourself up, dust yourself off, and let's keep walking. Come on, somebody. We're not in this alone. You need to put yourself around a good church community that they're going to help push you to the next level. They're going to say, no, you got this. You can do it. You can be able. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Hallelujah. I don't need to be around no folk going to cause me to, to sin. I need to be around folk who going to cause me to press forward in God's presence, to press forward in his will for my life because life does get challenging. Life does get hard. But if I got the right people that surround in my circle, then that means I'm not by myself in this thing. Hallelujah. We cannot put ourselves around these different temptations that are going to lure us away from God because in our moment of vulnerability, that's when the enemy likes to come in and create a foothold through the people that we have around us. That's what happens. Bruh, let's just, bruh, let's just, you know what I mean? Like, bruh, I got the, I got the goods at home, yeah. Yo, we can roll it up, well, and you don't got to think about it anymore. Come on, come on. Come on, <laughs> then you come down from the high and realize, man, it's still there. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That little momentary thing is going to be so momentary, you come back down like, this didn't help me, bro. Brother. I got something stronger than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it don't matter how strong are you trying to give it to me. It ain't going to work. Well, if that ain't going to well, let's get us a couple of girls from the joint. You know, that man, some good good can take your, your mind all away from it. Get there. 
come out of there empty. And it still didn't work. And then your brother be like, well, man, I didn't already told you. I had a good time. I was like, man, you just, you, you all on yourself. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. This is how it works. All of the time. It happens all the time. All of the time. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Look at him. Look at here, man. When you connect with the person, with real genuine friends, that relationship is not broken. It's strong. It's a bond that you cannot take away. Oh, my God, it withstands the pressure of life. Hallelujah. When you connect with the right woman or the right man in a romantic relationship, that bond, when you create that strong bond with one another, that thing does not break. No matter how much pressure, no matter how much weight comes upon the cord, it can't break because you didn't withstood the time. Hallelujah. Oh, man, are y'all getting something out of this? Listen to me. Let me. Oh, man, God, I got I got to wrap this up somewhere. Listen, because here's the deal. When you go into a romantic relationship, listen to me tonight. The fact of the matter is, if your man cannot pray, if your woman cannot pray, if they can't get if they can't connect to heaven for you, there is an issue. You have a problem. You're alone. Because here's the deal. If she can't pray, if she can't see God, and there's more that comes along with it. Number one, I'm going to share this later, but everyone knows that looks do matter. And if you say it doesn't, you're a liar. (laughs) Something has to please your eye before you get it sometime. If it looks good to the eyes, then you say, hmm. All right. (laughs) <laughs> let me come over there let me do the usher be like you know <laughs> you remind me <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you, you know here's the deal you underestimate the spiritual side of relationships I don't like to overly spiritualize it but I, I God caught me from saying that He was like, he told me while preparing for this, you've said that statement before, and that statement is not even true. People overly spiritualize relationships. No, marriage is sacred. So it's more spiritual than what it is natural. Here's the thing about sex that people don't want to tell you, that sex is not predominantly natural as it is spiritual. Sex is great, and that's why God invented it. He created and said it's good. But guess what he knew? He put confines, he put boundaries around it because he understand the power of joining. Here's the deal. When you wait for that person without putting any of that in the mist, That's the difference between having a casual and making love. Because the real deal is making love is about giving, is is not only the glory of you two combining together, but it also gives glory to God in in the right confines that it's in. Are you hearing me tonight? 
Because the reality is, is that again, we were made for a relationship with one another and with the right person that is suitable to you. That person might be good, that don't mean that he's necessarily for you. Because what's suitable for you may not be suitable for another person. Are you hearing me? Here's the deal. Relationships romantically are more spiritual as well as it is natural. I'm not saying that y'all need to be talking about the Bible 24-7. That's not what I'm talking about. Because some of you already going there. So is he telling me we need to be quoting the songs of Solomon all night long? Even though the song, don't sleep on the songs of Solomon. Don't sleep on that. That's a good book. You know how to quote it right. Trust me, you know how to quote it right. Ooh, babe, is that Shakespeare? <laughs> quote it right. Amen. Amen. It'll do something for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is for mature ears. I'm telling you. It's a good book. I tell you, when it talks about climbing the tree, gardens. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> yes, when it talks about all that, listen. Hello. Homeboy was thankful. Amen. Giving God praise, admiring that God is the good God. I'm going to start right here. Come on, stand to your feet. <laughs> stand to your feet.